The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. In honor of the U defeating Notre Dame by a ton of points, <laughs> we now give you this wonderful song in celebration. Now, Eric will give you his uh, celebratory exclamations in five, four, three, two, and one. And welcome to the kickoff, everybody. My name is Harry Broadhurst. All right, Eric, go ahead, get it out. You know you want to. Do you? <laughs> All about it, son. <laughs> I'm happy about it too. So I'm Every disappointed. Once again, we hit- who the best team in Florida is? You damn straight. <laughs> uh huh. Okay, this year, fine. When's your most recent national title, Eric? Anyway, this is the kickoff here on the W2M Network. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Welcome in, everybody. Episode 12. Joining me, as per usual, my co-host, Stephen Er III. What's going on, everybody? Brandon Biscabing. Hey, what's up, guys? That celebratory voice you heard earlier is our traditional producer turned fourth member of the kickoff, Eric Watkins. um yeah the national championship aside how many quarterbacks you got in the hall of fame right now oh boy (laughs) this is going to be fun when we actually have a season when we play each other you know that right oh yes i hopefully hopefully it's not a season that florida's three and six (laughs) and the man you heard south carolina uh, don't don't remind me. I'll, I'll tell you what, Brandon. When your school plays D one football, we can talk college football. How's that sound? Oh boy! <laughs> oh come on now. <laughs> and just wait for basketball season. And the voice you just heard yelling at me is our producer for the evening and the head honcho of the W two M Network, Sean Garmer. What you know he's he's making fun of me, and I'm the one who found the song for him. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I don't like Notre Dame anyway, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that it pisses off Patrick Ketza, my co-host of Wrestling Unwrapped. So, frankly, I'm all about Miami's victory on Saturday. That being said, I turned out midway through in order to watch a much closer and more competitive Alabama-Mississippi State game. You're going to have to uh, tell Patrick to listen to the uh, latter portion of this show, considering my Are You Serious? Get uh, That's a little plug for later. In the business, we call that a teaser. Anywho, let's get this show started properly, gentlemen. It's time for Studs and Duds. All right, Eric, you're on a high. I'll let you start. Well, I I can't go entirely Homer as much as I desperately, desperately want to. Do not get me wrong. (laughs) But there's a particular performance from a rather celebratory quarterback, as I am a celebratory host tonight, 
when you become the first quarterback to throw two touchdown passes in your first six Monday night football games, and you finish by throwing four touchdowns and running for 95 yards, yeah, you do just enough to kind of spoil my homerism and earn yourself a spot as my stud. That stud, very deservedly, Cam Newton, even though it was against the Dolphins. (laughs) Uh, One Miami team won, so I really can't complain. (laughs) Hey, the better team in the NFL in Florida this year did win. You guys are seven and three, (laughs) six and three. Yeah, which is scary. I don't yeah, know how uh, reacting to that here yet. <laughs> well, when you guys finish eight and eight and out of the playoffs, we'll talk about it then. How's that sound? <laughs> That's fair. That is very fair. I could say talking if I were you. I I could say the same thing about my team. I'm not going to lie. We'll get to them shortly, won't we, Brandon? <laughs> yes, we will. Steven <laughs> Stud. My stud for this week is Case Keenum. I did not expect this coming in, but Case Keenum threw for 304 yards and four touchdowns. As the Vikings improved to seven and two, interesting team. Brandon Stud, my stud for this week is Malcolm Perry, running back out of Navy, two hundred eighty-two yards and four touchdowns against uh, SMU. A big win for them. Forty-three forty over SMU. Yep. Oh wow. Uh, funny story here, that 43-40 scoreline factors into my dud. We'll talk about that shortly. My stud, my stud, go ahead, Brandon. You know what's funny? Both of my stud and dud are all, their respective teams are both in my are you serious later on. Quit teasing too much. (laughs) More, More teasers. Yes, Nick's the teaser. Nick! All right, anyway, my stud for the week. Oh, it pains me to say this. <laughs> Tw- 21 carries, 131 yards for an average of about 6.2 a touch. Oof. Three rushing touchdowns. As Mark Ingram and the New Orleans Saints demolished my Buffalo Bills at New Era Field, 47-10. Yeah, you did even worse again than Notre Dame did. How does that make you feel? Hey, Brandon. Brandon, I know you aren't laughing. You guys lost to the 49ers. I I know, I know. I have no idea. That's sad. I, I know this. And hold on, I'm about to have a little fun at Steven's expense, too. Hey, Steven, beating Atlanta this year, Buffalo one, Dallas zero. Uh, <laughs> I miss I miss Tyron Smith. I really do. <laughs> yeah, the entire <laughs> offensive Clay- line misses him. Aaron Claiborne didn't miss him. <laughs> oh, I know he didn't. <laughs> what was that? Four sacks and a forced fumble for Adrian Claiborne? Six, six. Oh no, he finished with a franchise record six. Oh, Jesus. Atlanta's, Atlanta had eight in total. He had six of them. <laughs> I remember uh I remember Troy Aikman and Joe Buck talking about this on air. It's the most times a Dallas quarterback has been sacked since Aikman himself against Philadelphia. And ironically enough, the Cowboys play Philadelphia this Sunday night. 
I won't be watching the game, but they do play Philadelphia on Sunday night. Sorry, Survivor Series night, guys. All right, let's get on to the other side Damn, of this year. I can't year. blame you. Let's get on to the other side of this year. Let's hit our duds. Eric, you're first. Now, you, you come in all of a sudden thinking you're a sneaky little Heisman candidate. And next, uh-huh, thing, Sean? The, and next thing you know, you're a victim of the turnover chain. Which, if I may add, showed up four times Saturday night. My dud, the once mighty Josh Adams. The, de- the, the defense, the defense from the U under coordinator Manny Diaz held him to 16 carries for 40 yards. Um, wow. I will, I will point out the fact that none of those turnover chains were his fault. They were four interceptions. All that makes it all the sweeter. Hey, Sean had to make Winbush throw. Bam. Turnover Win- chain and another one and another Win- one and another one. Winbush, backup quarterback for a couple of series, is back to Winbush. It really didn't matter. Uh, Sean, are you still with us? Uh, we've lost yes. Sean. Oh, there he is. Ah, that Josh, that Josh Adams Heisman Trophy thing. How's that looking these days? <laughs> yeah, coming from the three guys that all said JT Barrett was a uh, Heisman over Baker Mayfield, <laughs> you all guys are hey. like idiots right now. Come on, uh, hey, you hey, see? Hey. No, I disagree. I disagree with that. No, you see what JT Barrett did to Michigan State. Oh, sit down. On. He's son. not even gonna be there when it when it counts at the end of the day. Bullshit. I no, I he's not. Him if Ohio Whoa. State doesn't get into the final five, he's not gonna be there. We'll see. We'll see. I'm just saying. I think JT Barrett's a lot more likely than Josh Adams now. JT Barrett may not even be drafted as a quarterback right now. Oh, come on. See that? I don't. Probably true. That I don't disagree with, so I'm not going to argue it. Hey, Steven, who's your dud for the week? Thanks, Sean. That, that was good, Sean. My dud for the week is the Browns because they're the Browns. You, uh, I, I was watching uh, – I was looking on the ESPN app because my NFL mobile app doesn't work for some odd reason. They're up 10 nothing on the road against the $135 million man. I'm like, what? What is going on right now? And then I check back five minutes later. It's uh, – what was it? It's like it's 14 10. I'm like, yep. That's the Browns for you. And then they wound up losing 38-24. They are 0-9, and it doesn't look like they're going to win another game this year. Thank you, Lions, for coming back and helping me survive in my eliminator pool. <laughs> you have to worried for a second there. Uh, Cleveland's going to Cleveland, just like a certain team in New York's going to be a certain team in New York. Isn't that <laughs> right, Brandon? This is the first year in how many years that they've been like this? been a long nine, time they nine, are not quite into ground level yet <laughs> 70, so have, 80 somewhere around there <laughs> 19 and 1980 is their last their worst start or something exactly. like that exactly it was 1972 i think actually. oh so even pre-phil sims now you're going back into craig morton territory okay so I, the I, that, worst part I is the people acting like the Giants are going through this horrible ordeal because they've had one year since 1972 that they've been bad. Give me a break, people. Okay, well, that's uh, how New York is, though. I mean, we expect the best. We expect dominance every year, and when it's even a mediocre year, everyone is calling for like hell. The hell the Yankees had 
one of the biggest surprising seasons in their history. No one expected them to even make the playoffs this year, let alone almost. Uh, beg your pardon. And people were still calling for Joe Girardi's head. Uh, that's different. The Yankees I- have earned that respect. Well, the Giants have earned that too. They yeah. won two two Super Bowls in the last ten I mean, years, but they've never been just outright dominant either. I'll give you that. That was this, a lot of crap. That's all it is. I'm this sorry. segment <laughs> is getting away from us. <laughs> you, you, the, the Giants you, winning a Super Bowl is a lot of crap. Both of them. You, you talk about the Yankees. They had records. They had just had runs of dominance to where they owned baseball for a decade. Oh, the I know. Have been lucky to own football for what a couple of seasons at a time. Pish tosh it be. <laughs> but I mean, even Coughlin after winning the Super Bowl, that like when he was having some of those down years in like 2013, 2014, they were people were calling for his head then too. Can I? Yeah, if Coughlin wasn't a Jaguar, you wouldn't have even won a Super Bowl. So there. <laughs> <laughs> Can I point out the fact that this was intended to bring in Brandon's dud rather than a conversation about the Giants? <laughs> wah, wah. Hey, this is well, why you good won't things like happen. Mike, though, Harry. <laughs> yeah, really. You're the one that's making fun of the Giants. No, I wasn't actually. My statement was in regards to Stevens Cleveland's going to Cleveland is your dud's going to be your dud because we've seen it for years that nobody circles the wagons. Quite like the Bills. <laughs> yeah, Harry, just as you were talking about before, with your stud being, uh, being Richard, or, uh, excuse me. Mark Ingram? Yeah, Mark Ingram. I'm, I'm mixing up Alabama running backs. <laughs> <laughs> um, my dud for this week is the Bills defense. Yes, the Saints are a very good offense. But seriously, 47 points. This is not the Saints offense of like three or four years ago where they were just completely dominant. Yeah, they're still good, but that's pushing it, giving up almost 50. Okay, you say almost 50, but in fairness, Brandon, your team has given up 50 this year. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. I'm just saying. That was me taking a shot at the Giants, not the introduction. But hey, think of it this way. Very few teams in playoff position can give up 47 points at home and still find themselves as a sixth seed. <laughs> you realize you realize how god-awful that makes the AFC look in general? Yeah. Oh, I'm not kidding. <laughs> the AFC in the NFL is the Eastern Conference in the, in the NBA. Yep. We are the AFC, and I say we because that would be me and Eric here. We are the redheaded stepchild of the NFL. Nine and seven playoffs. Here we come. <laughs> Woo! Maybe eight and eight, even. <laughs> Maybe. And, and that's the only reason why both of your teams are still in contention. Well, actually, the reason my team still has a playoff spot right now is because Eric Stud went off the way that he did against Miami. If Miami wins that game, Buffalo's out of the playoffs in the East, in the AFC. So, bravo, Cam Newton. Bravo. Now, quit making stupid comment and losing your Dan and Oikos commercials. All right. My dud for the week. Um, 
So you know how you mentioned Navy beating SMU 43-40, Brandon? Mm-hmm. Uh, 43-40 was the score of the Syracuse-Wake Forest game after the third quarter. <laughs> 64-43, Wake Forest was the final. Yeah, that was a... That that was a shootout if I've ever seen one. Apparently, they don't play much defense in the in the ACC either. <laughs> no, we, we play, defense, play defense in the carrier dome. Uh, so you're saying there's no defense allowed in the carrier dome? That that Pretty seems much. legit. I can okay, make the joke that there's no defense play in Northern New York because the Bills don't play defense either. Oh, ow, that hurt almost as bad as losing to Atlanta on national television. Hey, hey Harry, okay. hey, hey, Harry, I'll help you out a bit. I'll, I'll uh, add to uh, to uh, his comment and say there's no defense played in New York in general because the Giants and Jets aren't exactly playing defense either. Yeah, didn't, didn't the Jets get pitch slapped this week or two? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The yeah. They only got beat by five. Yeah, they didn't get. But they, but they scored in garbage much. time. Yeah. Yeah, but they were playing defense. Tampa Bay only scored 15 points. I mean, come on. That's right. Hey, to be fair, that's Florida. There's actually, you know, defense played in Florida. <laughs> so apparently, nobody in the state of New York this week played deep. Well, no, because uh, the Giants were in San Francisco for their game. Speaking of San Francisco, what do you say we go ahead and move on to our so that happened? Did you ever give your dud? I did. Oh, wait, yeah. It was, yeah. Syracuse. Oh, yes. 43-40 going into the fourth, lost 64-43. That, that, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, point I, out that, I'll point out that they were up 43-40 at the end of three quarters, too. I, I don't mm-hmm. like Syracuse, so I'm perfectly fine with that. You can kind of blame me for that one because I tuned in at the fourth quarter looking <laughs> for a close game, and there it was. And then that happened. And then... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Eric. So there it was, and then there it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I mentioned we're going to San Francisco for So That Happened here. Uh, guys, we like to joke around a lot here on this show. It's kind of what we do. It's kind of our M.O. Uh, there was no laughing matter in San Francisco this week. And unfortunately, Brandon's team was the victim of this year, but... You guys know I'm a Bills fan. One of our draft picks a couple of years ago was a wide receiver named Marquise Goodwin. Uh, he stayed with Buffalo for three seasons, and then I believe just this past year signed a free agent contract with the San Francisco 49ers. Sunday morning at 4 a.m., he was supposed to be a father for the first time. However, his child was stillborn. And there is an Instagram picture that, quite frankly, will break your heart. Marquise Goodwin proceeds to go to the stadium in Santa Clara, to Levi Stadium, proceeds to dress, proceeds to play, and puts San Francisco on the board with an 83-yard touchdown reception and breaks down into tears once he's in the end zone. My hat's off to you, Marquise, and my thoughts and prayers are with your family. Yep. I mean... To experience that tragic of a loss, just regardless of when it happened, but just to experience that, let alone have it be on game day and to go and do something like that, put on a fantastic performance, that, wow. 
That is just wow. I. This would be the time where we usually like to make fun, have jokes with each other. There's right, nothing funny not about up there with the. Uh, it's not up there with the Brett Favre game, but it's pretty close. Whereas it is. I, I would say I would say it's just as important as the one with Favre after his father died. Well, yeah. he didn't have the same kind of performance that Favre had. Right, it's still, Favre still Favre very Favre phenomenal to, for him to have well, done that right after. I mean, not this, to, you know. This isn't the the playoffs, and this is a different sport. But I I would put it up there with the Jordan thing. Uh, see, Jordan was the flu? I don't think it. Yeah, I don't think it. Game? I, I don't think it compares to Jordan compare. at all. No, loss of life is different than no. I, oh, I thought that was. I thought there was a game like after his dad died or something. Oh, no, he might have. He might have it. That's true. Because there's that iconic moment of, like, him crying on the floor after the game. I think he won the trophy after his father died, and that's when he has to break down on the floor. Oh, okay. Yeah, then also after when he went to play baseball. Yeah, Yeah, it would have been one of the ones from when he was returning to the NBA. But um, Ah. as I was was saying there real quickly here, like I said, we like to have fun here. There's nothing funny about this situation here. Our thoughts and our best wishes out to the Goodwin family. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to some of the more ridiculous things, and so that happened. Uh, Sean, you guys are short an athletic director these days. <laughs> well, that's the price you pay when your football team is underperforming. So, pig suey, <laughs> and I'm willing to bet that Brett Bielma, Bielma, Bielma. how is it pronounced? Bielma. Bielma, thank, thank you. He's probably the next out the door. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I think we knew that when the Coastal Carolina game happened, that, that he was out the door. <laughs> they played badly this season. They haven't lived up to expectations how, uh, how, in the – so. How do you play like that against the Chanticleers? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh and, then, and then the quarterback also has a DWI. <laughs> yeah, so, I've seen that. Well, at yeah. least it's not UC, at least he's not a UCLA basketball player getting arrested for shoplifting in China. Well, you know, the Ball family can only do so many stupid things. But no, uh, oh, don't don't under don't underestimate the death of stupidity of the Ball family. We haven't scratched at, the at surface. At least Lonzo's yet. doing some things. So, well, Sean, really... Cle- clearly yeah. your quarterback didn't get the memo. You wait until you leave Arkansas, go into the NFL, and then do something stupid. Did Matt uh, he wasn't going to get in the NFL, uh, so I don't think we have to worry about that. Eric, Eric, actually, you know what? I think I figured out what happened. I think he just decided that the DWI was better than playing for Arkansas the rest of the season. <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair. <laughs> Night uh, tank versus a couple days in practice. I'd buy that. All right, so I sent you guys this link to this article inside of the chat. I don't know how many of you actually had a chance to look at this here. It was a Division Three football game. Ninety-seven, nothing. I, I read that article. I was like, "What? What? What? What's the point?" Was John Q. Heisman out there back from the grave? I mean, good lord! <laughs> I don't yeah. remember the names of the teams because they've, it's since been buried in our conversation. But there were two Division Three. One of them was Saint Olaf. I for, they were the ones that were the victims. I forget the name of the team. I want to say Saint Thomas. It was St. Yeah, Thomas. St. Thomas, yeah. 
Okay. It was 64 nothing St. Thomas at halftime. Even with a running clock, St. Thomas still managed to hang 30 more on St. Olaf in the second half. In looking at the box score, I'm like, okay, the, the forward, like all of us could get together with a few other guys, and we could probably do just as bad. Congratulations, St. Olaf's. Well played. Hey, Cumberland. at least this is one more story for Rose from the Golden Girls to talk about. Cumberland believes in you. <laughs> There's a reference like six people are going to get. <laughs> Anywho. If they put it together with mine, that'll be enough for them. Steven, you had something that you wanted to touch on, so that happened. So I'll go ahead and let you have the floor here. All right, so we all know here on the kickoff, and if you were listening, you also know, Harry is a Bills fan. And and actually, uh, before I bring this up, uh, Trey Wingo brought up an interesting point. He didn't. He didn't allow the Saints to rush for six touchdowns. So he does. Uh, Trey Wingo doesn't understand why they are benching him. Uh, the news is benching Tyrod Taylor for rookie Nathan Peterman, the rookie out of Pittsburgh, who I like. I like him. Uh, I watched him at Pittsburgh. I like what he did. So I can't wait to see what he does. But in the words of Trey Wingo, that is ridiculous. Is the reason that they're benching Nathan Pe- they're benching Tyrod Taylor for Nathan Peterman is because Tyrod Taylor has proven throughout this entire year that he is incapable of consistently leading this Bills offense. Wasn't Peterman the pit quarterback in that 76-61 game? Yes. Thought yep. so. P- Peterman was our 5th round draft pick this past season. Well, this past- I mean in seeing the preseason, he was half decent, and I mean... He had a good run against the Saints. I mean, granted, it was the Saints' second and third teamers by the time Peterman got into the game, but he had a good <laughs> second half against them. I think it's just a case of Sean McDermott looking for a shakeup in Buffalo because this team can't keep playing the way it has the last two weeks and expect to maintain its attempt to stay relevant in the AFC playoff picture. Getting beaten 34-21 on national television by the Jets and then just getting our asses handed to us by New Orleans in Buffalo. I will agree with Trey Ringo about the fact that Tyrod Taylor did not allow six rushing touchdowns. That was our defense giving up, which quite frankly makes me embarrassed as a Bills fan because through the first six games of the season, Buffalo had the number one ranked scoring defense in the NFL. That's, yeah. Gotta love math. So much for that. (laughs) Do either of you guys have anything you want to bring up in So That Happened? I feel like we should talk more about Adrian Claiborne's afternoon. Oh, that, I (laughs) mean, Jason Garrett, what are you doing? So he does something as to back up offensive tackle and we got to talk about it? Yes, as Uh, a matter of fact, because where was... Jason Garrett, I mean, seriously, you knew you weren't going to have Tyron Smith. You knew that. During the game, you didn't see Aaron Claiborne constantly get beat outside and get to Dak. Get beat outside, get to Dak. Beat outside, get to Dak. I mean, you didn't think to kind of stop that at any point in time with any sort of strategy? They did ten times. It worked a little bit. I don't know that it would have necessarily helped them too much because you're also having backup 
Remember, Zeke is your best uh, blitz pickup guy, best blocker also, uh, as far as the running backs go. None of those guys know how to block. Uh, McFadden does okay, but they didn't have McFadden in the game either. So you're having Morris, who is not used to blocking, or, or that was kind Smith. of the so that was kind of the knock on uh, out on uh, Alfred Morris in Washington as well as that he was horrible at blitz defense. Yeah, so I mean, if you're going to put a tight end over there, I mean, Hannah's your best blocker, but I don't know that he really stops. I, the wide nine had a, a point to it, but I just don't know that. I, I just think. Uh, Right, Chaz Green was just having an awful day, and it kept storm going bad for him, and just getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, the guy plays better than that, but it's we did not see that in that game. It's bad. I just I feel like I feel like if they don't do something to step up that left side of the line there, that they're going to be in just as bad of a situation against that Philadelphia defense. Yeah, I'm well, hoping he comes back on Sunday. There's no excuse for it this week because you, going into the game, you now know. Chaz Green had a bad day against a, you know, journeyman guy. You're talking about Brandon Graham now going against Lyle Collins. You're talking about that's only on the right side of the line where Lyle Collins is still sort of adjusting to playing right tackle and playing, you know, rather well at times. Then you have Fletcher Cox in the middle and and I forgot who's on the other side of their line. But it's like you've got all-star defensive line. Uh, right there for them. So you might need to have help everywhere. <laughs> Who knows? It could be a very long night for the Cowboys on Sunday. Yeah. I I have a uh, an interesting thing that I just noticed uh, for it. So that happened for this upcoming week. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but um, Greg Olson is going to be with Kevin Burkhardt and Charles Davis on the call for the Rams-Vikings game this week. And apparently the uh, GM for the Vikings, Rick Spielman, isn't exactly all that happy about this, saying that Olsen can use this as a way to get some inside information through the production meetings on the Vikings since the the Panthers play uh, the, the Vikings later on this season. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't think active players that still have contracts with the NFL should be sitting in in broadcast booths. Yeah, that is very interesting. Similar uh, to the point, similar to the point, similar to the point that I don't think active NFL players should sit in with the Sunday after the Sunday morning slash lunchtime preview shows as well for the exact same reason because you're able to get a look at all this intel from the uh, from the sources that CBS and Fox and the NFL Network have that you can, yeah. they might not necessarily be able to get elsewhere. That's that's not true. There's called an NFL media research packet that any coach can get a hold of. That has everything that those CBS guys and everybody else is looking at. That's that's nonsense. Okay, now Coaches I'm curious. Coaches have see. more information than any of those guys are ever going to have. So let's, now, yeah. well, that may not necessarily be true because they may be telling. The broadcasters, some of their things in regards to packages and whatnot, because of because they know it won't be used against them, um, that they wouldn't put in a package like that. Yeah, but you know how many packages – like take, for example, why Tony Romo was very awkward doing the Cowboys game. 
because he had to make sure that he didn't say anything that would hurt the Cowboys, you know, when they play future teams because he knows that offense. That's right. No, I, so, I agree with that. Like, I just think you have to be careful when you say that. Those guys are not stupid. They know when they go on those broadcasts what they're supposed to say and what they're not supposed to say. And if they did something to hurt another team intentionally, there's going to be players that are going to call them out, and you're going to hear about That's it. True. That is true. Yeah, because, I mean, this one with all kinds of issues about, like, potentially stealing signals and things like that and all kinds of listening devices and what have you, I would think that when it comes to the broadcast booth, they would be pretty extra guarded. It, it still, it makes things a little bit blurry, though. I think that's going to about wrap us up for So That Happened, though. That's an interesting little news feed, news bite there that you got there, Brendan. I'm curious to see how that plays out, if it plays out. I don't think it'll, I don't think anything will really happen in regards to it, but. That's a, at the same time, though, with Olsen still being an active member of the Carolina, of the Carolina franchise, I'm sure he's sitting in on those team meetings and stuff still, too, despite being on IR. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I can understand where the Minnesota's GM's gripe comes from. I definitely get it. Yes, so can I. And that's, I don't know. I think this is going to start setting some weird precedents for when this happens again. It'll be interesting to see, considering this, if, if either Fox or CBS ever try this again. Because this is the first time that I can distinctly remember them having an active player. Oh, they do it for the playoffs, too. Well, yeah, but because... That's different. Their teams are eliminated. Yeah. This could still be a situation where it ends up relevant to Carolina and Minnesota's season down the road, especially if those two are fighting for a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. Which, as we talked... Which, as we talked about in our playoff predictions last week, thanks for missing those, by the way, Brandon. Mm-hmm. That yeah. it could very well come down to Carolina and Minnesota for one of the wild card spots, assuming Dallas does collapse. Even even with Dallas not collapsing, Carolina could keep winning, and they don't. That doesn't matter. So. Not to mention Minnesota still got Detroit in their rearview mirrors too. So and. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, all four of us picked Detroit to win that division. Yeah. Well, I picked Minnesota, I think, to win. Because I said that their offense was doing enough. And and well, here you, they are sitting did... here thinking about benching Case Keenum. So. Why? Because Teddy Bridgewater's glass ass wants back in the game. That's dumb. I, if you want, I can give you my uh, updated picks this week. Why not bring uh, him in with the beginning of a new season instead of disrupting what you already have? That's kind of weird. Brandon, in regards to your idea there, maybe do that towards the end of the show so that we can get through our regularly planned segments. Yeah. Yep. All right. That works. Let's go ahead and move on then, gentlemen. And it's now time for Buy or Sell. The return of Buy or Sell after said predictions last week. By the way, if you get a chance, make sure you check out the predictions. And all of the other episodes of The Kickoff available in the archive over on YouTube.com by searching for the Wrestling to the Max Network or by going to W2Mnet.com. All right, guys. Uh, Steven, you're receiving college, NFL, or CFP? 
Let's go with college first. All right. So you guys know I'm a Florida fan here. Florida is, Florida is looking at the possibility of finishing five and six due to the fact that they had one of their games canceled a home game at the Swamp against a division FCS team of Northern Colorado. My question to you is this. Buy or sell that teams that miss a game during the regular season should be allowed to make that game up after the season in order to qualify for bowl games. Absolutely, I buy that. Because, I mean, Florida State's doing it. they got to play the, what, the University of Louisiana December 2nd to determine a bowl game. And if Florida has the chance to make a bowl game, and that one game that they missed messes it all up, they should definitely get the chance to play that game again. Since they get it to play due, due to who was it, Hurricane Irma, I believe. They yes, definitely should get the chance. And uh, this is a little off topic, but Eric and I, we cover arena football for my website. And he mentioned this for the, a new league that started last year. A lot of teams missed some games, and that might affect the playoff picture. And he had, he had told me that he thought um, a few of those teams should have replayed played some other games. And that's something that Florida is going through right now. They missed a game. That could affect them playing in a bowl game. So I think they should definitely be able to play that game again. Brandon, or, you same know, question. Actually, win enough games. Well, that's that's <laughs> a different story for a different time, there, Sean. Okay, <laughs> Sean, you guys have four wins. I don't want to hear a damn word from that's you, Brandon. That's ridiculous. It's Florida State. You should be winning more games than that, and you needing Louisiana Monroe to freaking. I hope Louisiana Monroe wipes the floor with them so that they don't get in. Well, it's not going It's not going to matter because Florida's going to beat them in the last game of Florida's regular season anyway. Brandon, <laughs> same question. <laughs> Have we seen how bad Florida is this year? I don't know. <laughs> At least our athletic director still has a job. Brandon. <laughs> who cares? Do you really care about who your athletic director is? Not really. Okay. Brandon, can 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 Brandon answer the damn question, please? Is Brandon even here? Yes, yeah, he's here. here. I hear him laughing in the background. Yes, and uh, yeah, I I have to buy this, um, especially. I mean, well, I'm gonna qualify this with. It depends upon what happens. Like, if if they're either definitely in or definitely out, then it doesn't really matter for them to play. But if they need to have that win in order to be eligible for a bowl, but otherwise they would not be. They they've got to make some sort of ruling on that because you don't you don't want them to lose that game and and then lose the bowl as a result. You know, especially when it's a game against an FCS team. Which I mean, yeah, we've seen FCS teams come in and beat these big schools in the past. But it's a game that you should be winning, so you know they they should be they they should be replaying it. And I mean, yeah, they don't like it. They yeah they they don't like doing this. Yeah, this is the thing that is more so done uh, amongst the the mid major schools against the group of five, uh, amongst the group of five schools, but. You could easily toss that game on to Army Navy weekend because you have you already have that extra weekend built in to where you could, in theory, put a game that you need to put in into there. Or if they have a, have buys together or what have you, you can figure it out in some way to to get it done. Um, 
I'm I'm honestly surprised, especially with uh, things being more, uh, you know, them trying to be safer with you know lightning delays and all of this. I'm honestly surprised that they don't have some sort of system built in already to where they can move a game, you know, to another date. I mean, yeah, it's a completely different animal, but like what baseball does with with rainouts. Well, for the Gators situation, there they were actually off on October twenty first. So my thought was is that if there was an opportunity to reschedule the game there, they probably should have taken that in order to not have to put themselves in this situation. A win against UAB this Sunday is this Saturday is probable. The Florida Florida State game is a toss up this year because both teams are just awful. But if Florida wins both of those games, they go five and six. A minimum six and six record is required for a bowl game, and not only will that help these student athletes, especially seniors that would have the opportunity to one, play in one more game, but you would also get the opportunity for underclassmen to have more time to practice with the team in order to get the team ready for next year. Yeah, actually, that's not true. It's every six and six team has to be given a bowl first. Then you can go to five and seven. Five and seven teams can get involved still. And so, my point, my my point to that, Sean, was that if Florida wins both of these games, go these games though, the UAB game and the Florida State game, they're five and six. You have to think that for Florida, and granted, it has happened in the past. I'm reminded of Georgia Southern coming into the swamp a couple of years ago and beating the Gators. They can lose to an FCS team in the swamp. It's just only happened twice in their entire history. Eric, by yourself. Teams that well, miss a teams that miss a game due to weather should be allowed to replay it at the end of the season in order to become bowl eligible if necessary. Well, as a fan who doesn't have to worry about that because my <laughs> team's nine and zero, even though we did miss our games to weather, we still won every other one. I would still buy this because. Even if Florida finishes 5-7 and seven and they have a high enough academic progress rate score to be given a bowl, that would still be very tremendous. However, in this particular case with an FCS team, I would have to add a little bit of a caveat. I don't know how good Northern Colorado is this year, but say that they're unable to make up this game, because a team like Northern Colorado is eligible and is making a run in the FCS playoffs, then what's going to happen? Yeah. You see, that was going to be my question here. Is it Does it become a team that is at or above Northern Colorado's stanchion for this particular season? I mean, if you would be able to have a school come in and make something like that on short notice, you would have to look at the FCS rankings or other FBS teams that aren't bowl eligible who could use that extra revenue. But it would be a terrible logistics nightmare as it was in the beginning of the season. The, the, the only thing that I can think of in regards to what Eric is saying, if you wanted to try to replace this, which it could potentially happen, you could, depending upon other teams' schedules and, and depending upon what the bowls are looking like and, and all of this, you could, in theory, basically have a play-in game for a bowl between two teams that, you know, have a team that's at, like, 5-7 and seven or 6. and It would probably be a 5-7 and seven team come in and play Florida basically as a play-in game. 
You could do the, that. The answer to your question, as far as the Northern Colorado Bears go, they are two and seven this season. Oh, so they're not okay. getting into so play. that then absolutely in this particular case, yes. And if teams, if it's against an FCS opponent, I would gladly say yes. But if that team is in the FCS playoffs, then I like Brandon's idea. Have a team that is on the bubble for a bowl game and have a game like that as a play-in. See what happens. But I would absolutely be in favor of it to give and maximize every possible opportunity. All right, so that will move us off of the first topic of buy or sell and into the second. Brandon, it is to you. I think I know which one you're going to pick. Uh, yeah, I'll go with the college football playoff. Buy or sell, a one-loss ACC team could get left out of the playoff. You currently have Clemson at two, Miami at three. I I want to say bye. Um, well, it would be impossible for... Well, the only way that a one-loss team would... Uh, well, let me... The, the only way that you would have um, a one-loss team is... Well, Clemson's already a one-loss team, so Miami would Miami would have to win out. Clemson would have to take them down, which would put, which would probably put Clemson in as yeah. a one-loss team. Exactly. However, assume Miami loses a game before the college the uh, ACC championship game and then defeats Clemson. Well, yes, if that happened, then yes, a one-loss team would would be in, um, but. Um, I believe your question was, would a one-loss team be left out? Could a one-loss ACC champion be left out of the college football playoff? Oh, by yourself? the champion? Yes. Then no. So no. you're going to sell that a one-loss ACC team yes. would be left out? I'm going to sell that a one-loss ACC champion team would be left out of the playoff because right now you have both Clemson and Miami in the playoffs. So as of right now, the voters are saying that both are deserving of being in there. That means that whoever wins that ACC title game, unless one of the two teams have a uh, Ohio State and Penn State-esque fall, they're going to be in, no matter what. Eric, this question specifically applies to you due to the fact that it would have to be Miami that does it. Because currently Clemson at number two, if they run the table here, they're going to be a one-loss team in. Yes. Does a one-loss Miami team get in, Eric, by yourself? You know what? In terms of how you phrase your question, it pains me to say this, but I'm going to have to buy Miami needs to beat both, if I remember correctly, Virginia this week. And after that, we go to Pittsburgh before the ACC championship game. If we lose either one of those games, our playoff chances are gone. Gone. I disagree with that. Especially if we lose on the road to Pitt, because... 
it is this late in the season. If we do either of those, yeah, we can beat Clemson, but that would just put us right in the orange hole. I would not complain. Rather staying right at home in the orange than having to go to either New Orleans or way out west to Pasadena. But the committee has said with what Clemson has done this season, they had a tougher schedule. Even with the loss to Syracuse, they bounced back. But now there's no room for error. We've seen what Auburn, what they did losing on the road to Clemson, but they bounced back, making that Iron Bowl significant. Ohio State, they have an opportunity, even with the loss to Iowa, they win out how things are positioned with both Michigan and Wisconsin. They have a chance because of non-conference scheduling. I think if it comes down to anything else, Clemson has shown that they scheduled better than Miami did, and the committee would reward them for that. See, this is why I don't like the college football system. I know exactly what what Eric is saying, and I kind of unfortunately have to agree with him somewhat, but I just... I'm, I'm I, I, of, just real quick here. I am of the opinion that Eric is exactly correct. And we'll get to Steven's thoughts on this in one second here. I feel if Clemson loses to Virginia, especially now that Virginia has fallen off of the radar and are now down to six and four, or mm-hmm. especially a sub 500 Pittsburgh team, then Miami is out regardless of the ACC championship game. Absolutely. Uh, even if they win, even if they win. Even if they beat no, Clemson. I would disagree because you have you have you have the chance that you know what if uh, Auburn beats Alabama, but then Auburn loses in the championship game to Georgia. You know, Georgia Miami will be champion. That there's uh-huh. a whole lot that can still happen there. Ask you know. ask Penn State how winning a Power Five conference works out for you. See, I, I'm not I, saying that that automatically gives it to them. I'm saying that you will then have two wins against top ten opponents. That's that's a big deal in their eyes, and there's a chance that when Ohio State, you know, if Wisconsin beats Michigan, Michigan's not ranked, so that game doesn't really matter as much as it would. Now, if Michigan goes and beats. Wisconsin, then that kills Wisconsin, number one. And then number two, uh, you know, that's a bigger game for Ohio State. And then that's that's Ohio State then has to beat Michigan, which that's not a guarantee either. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But Yeah, but then you also have to factor in Oklahoma. Well, yeah, Look if Oklahoma at, goes too many TCU twice, then, yeah, they're in. There's still too many good one-loss teams that an ACC Miami champion, despite the whooping they put on Notre Dame this past Sunday, if they lose to a team like a, like a Virginia or like a Pittsburgh, they're probably out regardless of beating Clemson, in my opinion. Steven, you didn't give your thoughts here. Buy or sell that a one-loss ACC champion Miami could be left out of the college football playoff. You know, I'm going to make it real easy. I'm going to I'm gonna buy it. I'm going to sell it, actually, because I do believe I'm, not, I'm just going to go I'm going to make it real simple. Miami beats Virginia. They beat Pittsburgh, and they beat Clemson. They're in the playoffs. Simple as that. Yeah. And I also, um, I'm also going to give my a new prediction thing here. Oklahoma's in. 
because I feel like they belong in. And as much as I hate to say it, I really hate to say it, Wisconsin's going to run the table, win the Big Ten title, they're going to get in. I hate to say it. And uh, Bama will beat Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Uh, it's going to be a good okay, game. Okay, so wait, it's so when's the last time that Wisconsin has beaten both Michigan and Ohio State? Uh, yeah, try to go find uh, that one. Michigan is not playing up to standard this year. I, I'm just saying, when's the last time both they beat both of those teams? If they do, in certainly the, they deserve to go in, but that's just a rarity. And correct me if I'm wrong, the last time Ohio State met Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game, didn't Cardell Jones put on a 59 nothing waxing? Yes, he did in 2014, Eric. Yeah, what happened? Ohio State went in. They wound up winning the national championship. So I am not that high on Wisconsin. And I even said just last week on this very show, watch the committee and watch Ohio State. They've been um, a little something of a gift. I will also point out the fact that Wisconsin has lost their last four against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So hold on. So what if Miami wins everything but their only loss is to Clemson by like three points? Wouldn't that – no. Really put them into that look for See, you're you're no. looking at you're looking at that through the SEC spectrum too in regards to the whole Georgia Alabama conversation that we were having. I think that if you were going to say that both Georgia and Alabama could make it, then both Miami and Clemson could make it theoretically. However, Miami's strength of schedule is going to come back and bite them. Exactly. Well, so I think another thing State and Toledo. I'm sorry. We are at no position. No uh, for error right now. Actually, uh, Eric, you didn't even play Arkansas State. That's the canceled game. Yeah, but we scheduled them. If we had scheduled even a bigger team and weren't even going to play them, then that still would have created a little bit of a favor for the committee. But no, it was... I think Arkansas State would have been okay if you picked another team besides Bethune-Cookman and picked a better team. That's okay, because Arkansas State's an actually pretty good Sunbelt team. Yeah, Yeah, or Sunbelt. Or if you would have, or if you would have shut out Bethune Cookman, Florida Atlantic style. You know what? <laughs> There's no need to bring up that old wound. All right. <laughs> God. <laughs> we'll hop on the lane train a little bit later. All right, Eric, you start us off for the final question. You ready? Ready. This isn't so much a buy or sell as as it is an opinion question. The topic is celebrations. And I think you probably know where I'm going with this one. Sounds like I do. <laughs> Your favorite touchdown celebration on the season thus far. This is a close one because I love what Minnesota did with the leapfrog. But for me, it's got to be Pittsburgh's hide and seek. Hiding behind the goalpost and <laughs> counting and running around. It was simple. A good little throwback, well-organized, well-executed. And Although, funny to see the ref uh, rat him out. Exactly! <laughs> you had the ref in that get involved, too. Although I will say, Duck Duck Goose does come in a close second. <laughs> Steven, favorite celebration this year for the NFL? I'm going to stick with the Steelers. I like what they did last week in Indianapolis when Juju Smith-Schuster, and I believe it was Antonio Brown, imitated <laughs> the A.J. Green, Jalen Ramsey uh, fight. Le- Le'Veon Bell and Juju Smith-Schuster. Close enough. 
I, I, first I watched it, and I was like, I don't get it. And then I saw it on Twitter. I was like, oh, that's good. I like that. That was my favorite one. <laughs> you, my problem was is that Le'Veon's choke was just god-awfully ap- ap- applied. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Horrible. <laughs> I, I mean, A.J. Green went full rear-mounted choke on Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Brandon. My my favorite has to be uh, Duck Duck Goose with uh, with the hide and seek a close second. It, it it's fun to see them do those types of things. I mean, I'm I'm so glad that you know they brought back celebrations this year and and we can move away from the no fun league now. Now I will say real quick, if anybody can replicate. What an arena football the Los Angeles Avengers did with everybody riding the bus that will automatically blow everything else away in my mind. Well, the um, if you guys watched uh, NFL Sun or Fox NFL Sunday, the pregame show, they they did a car thing, they did a car celebration. <laughs> Sean, would you like to chime in here? I like the uh, hide and seek as well, that was the best one. I'm going to side with Brandon on this one and go with Duck Duck Goose by the Minnesota Vikings. There's just something utterly hilarious about seven grown men sitting in the middle of the end zone on Monday Night Football playing a kid's game. Oh, yes, definitely. That's what made it beautiful. The sheer ridiculousness of it is what made it so awesome. Oh, yes. Uh, I will give an an honorable mention to – I forget which game I was watching – trying to remember which game I was watching, but there was an entire, like, photo session montage of all the players doing different poses after somebody scored while one of them held an imaginary camera. That one made me laugh as well. (laughs) Very glad the NFL lightened up on this, especially with some of these games. Great games and equally great celebrations. This is what the NFL needs. While he got a flag on it, I, I I have to give a bit of an honorable mention, and I know this is a Homer one, but um, Odell Beckham acting like a dog was just hilarious. And see, I agreed with that one too. He did it right. <laughs> Not to mention, not to mention, he peed on the football. It's not like he peed on the goal, the goalpost or anything, because you can't use your goalpost in the celebration. He should, have, he should have peed on the pylon, acting like it was a fire hydrant because it's orange. Yes, <laughs> Brandon, thank you. John and I even talked about this, and I said the only thing missing was the fire hydrant. <laughs> that was the only thing. I'm glad someone else noticed. There is one there is one touchdown celebration I will question forever though. It is the one that Antonio Brown did on a punt return last year. Somebody just mimicked it this past weekend in the NFL. Why in the wide world of sports would you Bronco Buster a goalpost? <laughs> <laughs> what possible sense does that make other than racking your balls on national television? Or worse, or worse, there's been worse. I'm just saying, it seems like a bad idea to me. With that, we move on. It's time to get it together. And we actually didn't talk about this one, so this should be fun. Eric, who are you telling to get it together? You know, I appreciate it. 
especially for what it meant. And I appreciate it for where this person originated from. Sean, I think you know what I'm talking about. Josh Lambeau, I love you. You made the game-winning kick and everything fantastic, but you almost pulled a Grammatica with that celebration, okay? I mean, yes, you beat your former team in overtime, but be careful, please. Please I always appreciate the right soccer game. celebration in a football game. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love a good soccer celebration in that situation, too. But I'm seeing that, and I'm like, uh, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt. Just make sure you... Especially the ball on get that, blocked, too, so... Especially on that Everbank field. You don't know what that stadium's field's going to look like at the end of a game. Oh, no, that's the thing. I know exactly what it's going to look like at the end of the game. That's why even more I was worried. (laughs) So you're telling Josh Lambeau to get it together, huh? Yes, I am. Steven, you're up. Get it together. A lot of people are going to disagree with me on... A lot of people are going to disagree with me on this. Probably you guys as well. And while they are 7-2, and at this point the second seed in the AFC... The Steelers need to get it together because last week I was I, going into Sunday's game. I was hoping Steelers run the Colts out of Indy and they, they show why they should be the top seed in the AFC. And then they go ahead and they fall behind 10 nothing to the Colts and beat them on a last-second field goal while the Patriots run Von Miller, Chris Harris Jr., and keep Tlaib out of Denver at a 41-16 win. So I'm telling the Steelers to get it together or the Chiefs might take over the second spot in the AFC. Brissett's actually been good this year. We're, we're not giving him enough credit. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Oswald yeah. and Simeon are the combined nothing. So, no well, well, I, ex- I expected that, especially Simeon, because let's face it, he does not come from a football school. Brissett, oh, he's just still not doing it. Isn't Northwestern ranked right now? finds an acorn every once in a while, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. They've won two games in a row to make them rank. Someone, Come oh, on. we won two games Some... in a row. We're the best. <laughs> I'm just trying to say you're exactly hating on this team. feels like right now. <laughs> Let's just find that. Trevor Simeon sucks doesn't mean that Northwestern as a school can't be a football school, too. Yes, as a matter of fact, it does. I thought okay. we had an understanding about There's that. players from the you that never did anything in the NFL either. Come on, stop it. I completely agree, but okay. it's a matter of balance. We have players that do nothing in the NFL, but we have players who go to the Hall of Fame and players who compete for championships. What's Northwestern ever done? Who have they ever produced? I mean, they did go to the Rose Bowl back in the mid-90s. Yes, and they got it handed to them. Okay, Technically, it wasn't handing it to them. USC did win 41-32. But even Northwestern fans at that time were like, is this really happening? Am I on an acid trip? Is this bizarro world? What is going on? We don't do this. And they haven't since. Is this the real life or is it fit? Never mind. Moving on. Brandon, get it together. My get together for this week is... And I'm amazed that I'm actually saying this because 
you know, I don't actually want them to get it together because I hate this team, but the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, he lost Ezekiel Elliott, and he's going to sit out his, uh, his six games now, which, Cowboys fans, you should be thankful now because while, yes, you need to get it together in order to keep any potential for the playoffs— but if you do make it to the playoffs, now you don't have to worry about him being suspended during it. They lost 27-7 to against Atlanta. Yes, Atlanta is a good team, but you should be keeping wow. that a little bit closer. Um, they face Philly this weekend this on Sunday Night Football. Yes! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Man, if the Cowboys win, I'm going to make Harry feel so bad. Yeah, oh, that's great. it. But that's going to be a very <laughs> tough game for them this to win. In Claiborne sacked Dak Prescott again. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. But, All right. Oh, but, go ahead, Brandon. I'm sorry. But, but yeah, so beyond that, I mean, you've got Los Angeles, which that should be winnable. Washington should be winnable. Giants, definitely winnable. Um, but then you've got some c- tough games at the end of the season, so – you gotta get your act together. You gotta be able to win the games that you need to. You need to win the games that you're supposed to win in order to make it to the playoffs. Well, all right. Duh. <laughs> so my get it together now. Triple overtime, thirty nine, thirty one, loss to <clears throat> Northwestern. Eric. <laughs> and that that and that'll mean nothing about nothing. Bounce back with a 27-24 victory over the Penn State University to claim the lead in the Big Ten East. Go to the Horseshoe this past Saturday and get absolutely demolished by JT Barrett, who scored, who was responsible for four touchdowns, two passing, two receiving, or two passing, two rushing. And a defense by Ohio State that had just allowed 55 to Iowa holds you to a field goal as Michigan State gets shellacked 48-3. to Hey, Sparty, get it together. See, what does that tell you about Michigan State that they lose to Northwestern and then they do this? My point stands. No, it doesn't, because Michigan State <laughs> bounced back from losing to Northwestern to beat Penn State. Uh, uh, Silence, that's what I thought. All right. Uh, Just like Ben McAdoo. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, and now, ben McAdoo knows his time is short. Oh, yeah. And now, in the grand tradition of this broadcast... We go back to the first, what's the word I'm looking for? Organically created segment here on the kickoff. All aboard! The lane train. Chugga, 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 chugga. Lane train! Big game cup. How in the hell is he 7-0 and in the in, co- in Conference USA? Like, what the hell? <laughs> Hold on, before we start the lane train, I just wanted to point out that except for Zach Streif, who's a offensive tackle starting for the Saints right now, all the other Northwestern players that ever played in the NFL 
uh, are currently rookies or second-year guys or of that ilk. They haven't had a Thank chance you. to do anything. Thank you! I <laughs> but it, my case! But it, prove, it proves that they are what? just now starting to become good because of the coach they have. So I'm saying they could become a football school. Well, they're certainly not a basketball one. Hmm. Well, they never really were a basketball school. I mean, come on. You keep saying it. Who's the the basketball school? Northwestern. And no, I would say they're more of a football school. I would say they're more. They're neither. I would say they're more of a hockey school. Well, yes. Yes. All right. Lane train, gentlemen. I, I sit corrected, by the way. Florida Atlantic is 6-0 and in Conference USA. They have two more Conference USA opponents to close out the season here in Florida International, which will pit Lane Kiffin against Butch Jones. That should be interesting. And then they close their season against Charlotte, who has one win because Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just coming up from the FBS, and they were what? Actually, they were just – I take that back. They were, in their... they were in the FCS as an independent, and I think went six and six there. Before then, they didn't even have a football team. Yeah, they just got their football program like four years ago. It, it is looking more and more likely, assuming that Florida Atlantic can survive Florida International this Sunday, of a rematch in Boca Raton for the Conference USA title game. Frankly, Sean, I'm really hoping they run Jeremy you again. Okay. <laughs> if, if only because it was so much fun talking about it the week that it happened the first time. Oh, yes. and... Uh... If you did want to know about people from Northwestern all time, Otto Graham is from Northwestern. And Whoa. Steve Tasker, former receiver for the Bills, Woo, is Steve from Tasker! Northwestern. Okay, <laughs> so, Otto Graham. One. One. Hey, that's one. Homer. That's Homer. one, I want to say. I, I'm sorry, we were talking about way too much about Northwestern. but I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're interrupting our flow, Garmer. <laughs> Uh, Steven, anything to add? This is your segment. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you cleared that up. I was wondering what the name of the head, FIU head coach was. I knew it was Bush. I didn't know if it was Bush Jones or Butch Davis. So you cleared that up for Butch, me. Butch Davis just got fired at Tennessee. That's who I that was. I thought it was the other way around. I, yeah, I thought it was the other way around too. But anyway, FAU, I thought this was – I feel like this is going to be the big game for FAU going forward. I don't, I don't know if this has a rivalry name. Isn't like Butch Davis the former U coach? Yes. Uh, yeah. Switch yes. that around. Switch that around. Butch Jones is the one that just got fired at Tennessee. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say. Yeah. I was all confused myself. But uh, I just felt like I felt like it was going to be a good game. And then I look at the line. I'm like, okay, so FAU is going to play North Texas in the Conference USA title game because they open up as a 14 point favorite against FIU, and they play Charlotte, who has one win. Short. Uh, Charlotte, I'm not worried about, but this FIU game is going to decide Conference USA East. And this is, and this does have a rivalry name, the Schnellenberger Bowl. There because you go. Howard Schnellenberger's ties to both schools. The former Michigan coach. <laughs> 14 and point the man favorite. 14.5. 
How in the world is a Conference USA team laying 14 and a half? That's ridiculous. <laughs> because Lane Kiffin? I mean, exactly. hey, his name's been floating around for a certain job in the SEC. Do, 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 do. Go, Gators. <laughs> that job? Is that the one you meant? Then watch the Gators two. still suck. <laughs> yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee's thinking about bringing him back as well. So there's your competition. Hey, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> and then watch Arkansas win four games a year. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Qu- quit making fun of Florida if you can't handle me taking shots at Arkansas. I don't <laughs> have a problem with it. I'm just saying you're making bad jokes that don't make sense. <laughs> Can we can we mute him? Is that possible? <laughs> like, do I have a do I have a mute button for our producer? See, he got flustered. That's what happened. Well, hey, this is what happens. See, three and six teams can't perform in the clutch. Nine and old teams, however, we got this. I'm just saying. And with that, the lane train has arrived at the station. <laughs> woo woo! All right, guys. So I've been teasing this for like the last three weeks because I'm A, very lazy, and B, we were kind of behind on picks due to two people missing episodes and not sending in picks. Steven, Eric. Yeah, I got to take that one. (laughs) I have updated standings for you guys. Are you ready for the week 12 standings for the kickoffs? Are you serious predictions? Yep. I can't believe I'm about to utter these words. The current leader is Steven. Eight and 12 for minus 90. For those of you wondering what the minus stands for, because we're all negative. For those of you wondering what the minus stands for, it is the point differential in the games that we have predicted. Points for, points against, point differential is the tiebreaker should anybody be tied. Currently, no one is tied, though, so keep that in mind. I'm on first place at 8 and 12. Yikes. In fairness, these are upset picks, though, so yeah. that's not really a surprise. I mean, it's not like we're calling cream puffs, you know? Yeah. Right. For I feel like that I feel like that could be a segment for next season. The kickoff <laughs> presents its cream puff pick of the week. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that would just be way too easy. That would just be the Browns all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sad but true. I mean, he's not wrong. All right. In second place at 6 and 14, minus 48 is Brandon Biskabing. Yay. <laughs> in third place. You, you must be hating that because one of them was at your own team's expense. Yeah, actually, mm. a couple of them for the different weeks have been at my team's expense. So, frankly, I'm but, used to it. But, but one of them was in your team's favor when I picked Florida to beat Tennessee. I was just about to say that as well. So, I mean, you've, you've also picked Forrest. And you might be doing so again this week. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. All right, moving on. Next, at 5-15, and 15, from negative 141. Bravo, Eric. Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't get my hopes up because I was like, my point differential is going to plummet. And I do have a suggestion if the point difference ever gets tied. I'm listening. What you could do, 
as used to decide football championships in the old England and throughout Europe, and as it currently decides places in Australia, you could do a percentage system for divided by against in case hmm. the four minus against is tied. Hmm. hmm. We shall see what happens. Yes. Um, I will also point out the fact that, despite the fact that Eric is 5-15, and 15, he started 0-8. So he's 5-7 yeah. five, and, and since. Coming on strong. Look out, Steven. <laughs> and in dead last is yours truly at 4-16. and 16. <laughs> wah, wah. I feel like I, we all suck at making picks. Well, <laughs> the lesson here is that upset picks are not easy. No. Hey, I'm getting better. Uh, this is the guy. Okay, to, to be fair, Eric, you're also the guy who picked Tennessee to beat Georgia. Um, <laughs> about that. Um, I whiffed. I have a right to whiff every once in a while. That's okay, Eric. I, I whiffed on Notre Dame beating Miami, so. <laughs> that got right. I whiffed that big time. Can I point out the fact that the week that uh, I have the actual picks in front of me right now because I had to write them down on a sheet in order to be able to classify all the results. The week that Eric picked Tennessee to beat Georgia, he also picked Cleveland to win as well. His combined <laughs> his combined points his combined points for points against that week were 7472 against. Okay. Wow. I don't remember if I was or not, but I'm going to say that I was drunk that night. So I am going to insert that as a handicap. And Are you sure you didn't take an edible? Yeah, I might have done that too. I, I cannot deny any sort of consumption that evening. And that is going to bring us to the new format for Are You Serious? Where instead of letting each other know before the show, the only person that knows everybody's picks right now is me. And I actually had to change one of my picks because once they were sent to me, somebody picked the same game that I did originally, so I changed mine in order to be different. Gentlemen, this should be interesting because we have no idea where we're going with this one. I have a question for you once again. Are you serious? On this show, unlikely. All right, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's start in college because that's the go-to starting place here. And Brandon, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I stole your pick. Eric actually actually knows my pick as well because we talked about it once he gave me his. Uh Uh-huh. I was thinking about it, but I'm like, I know somebody else is going to take that one. Boy, was I right. (laughs) Eric is going to love this one because... The team that you guys absolutely walloped last week, they're going to continue their downward slide, and they are going to lose to the midshipmen of Navy. Navy over Notre Dame. Given what Navy did this week, I can see that happening. That was one of my choices. (laughs) But I was like, ah, this is too easy. Somebody else is going to grab that one. Two tempers. Eric, Eric, to call back to a previous episode, in the Navy this week, you will win a football game. 
Yes, they will gladly <laughs> sail the seven seas, and they can yeah. at once put their mind at ease. <laughs> that was wow. Awesome. That was Ladies and gentlemen, that is a callback to one of our prior episodes, and frankly, hilarious. I believe that was the week that Navy played Houston and lost? Yeah, because that was the one that I picked. <laughs> Hence the reference there. By all means, check out the uh, pick archives available on W2Mnet.com or over on YouTube but by searching for the Wrestling to the Max Network. Shoo! Steven, <laughs> college, hit me. I said it earlier that Wisconsin's going to run the table, but I really don't want them to run the table because if they beat the college football playoff, they'll be they'll this year they will be the team that I'm like, why are they in the playoff? Year one, it was Michigan State. I had no idea why they were there. They beat Michigan. They're in because they beat Michigan because of a bad punt, a bad bad snap on the punt, whatever it was. Last year it was Washington. I felt they were overrated. This year it'll be Wisconsin if they make it, but. I am picking Michigan to go into Madison and knock off the Wolverines. I mean, Badgers. My fault. Yeah, I was just gonna say. No. Look, this, this is the, this is the same. This is the same guy that called Oklahoma State the Sooners last week. So take it for what it's worth. <laughs> Get your back. It's printed out saying that Michigan is playing themselves. We all know that that can't happen. Eric, college upset hit me. It was funny because the previous two picks were two of the ones that I was considering and that I noted, but as we mentioned earlier, there was a certain team that took a third, a three-quarter shootout and turned it into a four-quarter blowout. And I think going up against another team that I don't believe is fully recovered after a terrible loss to a certain team that wears golden domes, which, let's be real, Notre Dame was 4-0 and against the ACC this year. Now they are 4-1. and Just saying. But I think Wake, with the momentum they got in the Carrier Dome, they're going to carry that over and beat NC State. I'll point out that NC State was the prediction of my victim last week against Boston College and damn near lost that game 17-14. I'm going to, much the same way as Brandon is, I'm going to go to the American Athletic Conference for my prediction as well. And it is a ranked team going down. Uh Uh-oh. The Memphis Tigers. To the SMU Mustangs. Yeah. I was considering that one. SMU needs to actually be on the comeback trail. After all, 87 was a very long time ago. You mean 89? No, the 87 season, the one that was actually terminated by the NCAA. Oh, okay. I thought it was. I was about to say, don't. Isn't SMU still the only team to ever get death penalty during the season? Correct. 87, and they took 88 off as a practice year. 89 was when they came back. Okay. Interestingly enough, the last two years have been practice years for UAB, who plays Florida this Saturday. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm going with the SMU Mustangs over the Memphis Tigers this Saturday for my college football. Are you serious? All right, I'm going to go first for uh, the NFL because I got a doozy of an NFL pick for you guys. Oh, God. There we go. Oh. So there's this team in California that wins games it has no business winning. <laughs> their name their name is the Oakland Raiders. And they are home. They are home to the New England Patriots this Sunday. Even though it's not really a home game. Yeah, it's in, it's in Mexico. It's in, Mexi- it's in Mexico City. But I think that Derek Carr and Amari Cooper put on their biggest shows when they have their biggest stages. This is the biggest stage that they've had since that Kansas City game where they picked up a 31-30 victory on a Thursday night. Oakland shocks the AFC again by taking down the Patriots. I would be so ecstatic if that happened for a variety <laughs> of reasons. Uh, it, it, especially New England for what they did to Denver and because Tom Brady in his TB12, in his Ugg boots, in his cookbook, in his wheatgrass. I'm going to shut up now because I could go on a while. <laughs> I will have everybody know that the actual QB12 in the NFL is Jim Kelly. Hmm. From the you. I'm waiting for... I, I'm, I'm waiting for Sean to chime in with uh, Terry Bradshaw. I'm just waiting for it to happen. <laughs> I, I, I could say something right now, but I know you'll just uh, rebut with our record this season. No, I know. Phil Sims. Yada, yada, yada. Wide right. At least what? Phil Sims wore number 11. One win. Anywho. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, I, I I hate to disappoint, Brandon. Uh Steven, are you serious? NFL edition. Yeah, I'm serious. It's a really big game for my Cowboys and for the and for Sean's Cowboys. And Brandon like Brandon keeps talking smack because Adrian Claiborne got six sack six sacks against Dak Prescott. But this week on Sunday Night Football, the three of which Dallas plays in the next five weeks on Sunday Night Football, which is, that's a lot. Cowboys take down the 8-1 Eagles. (coughs) Hold on, hold on. I have to to prepare myself for this one. Are you guys ready? Ready? Are we ready? Yeah. It's a divisional game. It can happen. It could. Look, for that pick, Harry and I can never be discussed when it comes to our homerism again. (laughs) I can't believe it. Hey, hey, there's a divisional game that's coming up that I may just have to be a homer for in Are You Serious in a couple of weeks. Oh, he's throwing down to Gauntlet. Ooh. Okay, let's get back to it. Uh, Eric, you're up. NFL, are you serious? Now, see, mine is a much more sensible one. And again, folks, your easy money of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Why this team, after what happened on national television, is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite astounds me. 
Now, I may not officially be a gambling man, in part because I'm broke, but if I was not said broke, I, I would find a little coin to put on this one. Because honestly, you really don't have that much faith in the Bengals beating the Broncos? R- really, Vegas? I do. And yeah, I am serious. He's he's super serious. <laughs> I think the Broncos super are cereal. <laughs> Yes, super serial. <laughs> I'm. I was gonna make a serial killer joke there, but I decided against it. <laughs> Brandon, you close us out here. You're gonna love this one, Harry. I already do, Brandon. This, this one again, like uh, like Eric just said. I don't know how this team is is a favorite, and even Harry and I were talking about it earlier, and he said that he does not consider this one an upset, but it technically is. So I'm going for it. Bills over the Chargers in L.A. Well, I think it'll. I think it'll be nice to hand Los An- to Los Angeles Chargers a loss in their home stadium before they get forced back to San Diego. Oh, I would love. Yeah, but I mean, come on, they've Diego. only won once at StubHub, so let's be real here. <laughs> this is what happens when you have to play your NFL games at a soccer stadium. <laughs> Because they were winning so much in San Diego. As a matter of fact, for the good stretches, they really were. And I'm not just talking about the Air Coriel days either. This is a team with Phillip Rivers that did see a 14-2 and season. With Phillip right. Rivers and LaDainian Tomlinson. Yep. Yeah, but recently they've just been the we-can't-win-close games. Well, that's always been Phillip Rivers' problem. That's not inaccurate. Well, I mean, if the man could actually focus on football and not have so many kids, that would be <laughs> a problem solver right Seriously, there. can somebody can somebody get that dude a condom sponsorship or something? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, how the world would have been different if Eli hadn't said, no, I don't want to go play in San Diego, I want to play in New York. Meanwhile, Peyton's just standing in the background. Oh, shucks, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, do we have anything else to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, I'll just uh, I'll just say real quick, it is uh, T-minus uh, six weeks before um, it is the end of the McAdoo era in New York. Should have never fired Coughlin well, for McAdoo in the first place. They didn't fire him. Shouldn't have got, had Coughlin, let Coughlin go for McAdoo in the first place. I think well, Coughlin, hey, thanks. Coughlin They were going to fire him if he didn't step down. We know this. Yeah. Stop. But, hey, thanks for letting him come back here because, uh, yeah, times are scaringly good. Oh, these next six weeks are going to be insane. Good. Yeah. How does it feel to know that your college team and your NFL team are combined 15 and 3, Eric? <laughs> Strangely weird. And I'm sober, so it's true. <laughs> my teams my teams are a combined 8 and 10. And frankly, it's the Gators with more losses. Kind of bizarro ass world am I living in this season? Well, hey, think of it this way. You might have Lane Kiffin, and you might get to go up against John Gruden. So, uh, 
that may make you feel better. I thought Gruden I was in to- I, I thought Gruden thought Gruden was in talks of going back to Tampa Bay. Uh breaking news from Sean, who just got a tweet from SEC Country that Gruden's been doing some reaching out for Tennessee. Aw, oh, sweet niblets. <laughs> Way better than oh, having the lane at your place. Look, just go get Chip Kelly and all will be right. Oh with God, the no. Please. No. You know what? Uh, I'm gonna be entirely I'm gonna be entirely honest with you. I don't know that I would be opposed to that because if Chip Kelly could bring that system back to college football, it's proven to work in college football. Yeah. And God knows we love to run and gun down in Florida. Ask the old ball coach. And you could get some hey, of them top notch hey, recruits. <laughs> hey, I, I've said for a while if if Chip Kelly had more faith in in Tebow back when he was in Philly, I think that team could have been at least semi-decent with his system. So Anything Tebow with what? I don't what? trust a quarterback that needs five years to learn how to throw a damn spiral. But with, but with Chip Kelly's system, granted, you know, college-type systems don't work in the NFL all that often, but, you know, I, I think if they would have tested it a little more, it could have potentially worked. They Eric, did. They had Nick Foles. <laughs> Eric, that is two-time national champion Tim Tebow you're talking about. You watch your filthy mouth. So, yeah, so he went to school went. 10 minutes from where my job is. He was a diva niece, and he was a diva in the NFL. You guys can't. You guys can't. Go ahead, Brandon. I think if Chip Kelly came to... Uh, Florida, that he'd be a, a good fit. Oh yeah. yeah, he's he's too busy being a Met. So Tebow's too busy being a New York Met these days. Anyways, you well, guys can't you guys can't see it because it's an audio podcast. But I'm totally Tebowing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Brandon, you, you can't be Tebowing because you're still here. <laughs> oh, ouch, <laughs> ouch, ouch. <laughs> Brandon, you got anything to plug? Not right now. Nope. We got to find you something else to plug. Yeah. True story. Steven, go ahead and hit your spiel. Uh, you can check out the latest episode of the SCU show coming this week on WTNet.com. That's all I pretty much, that's pretty much all I got. In addition, you can also check him out inside of the arena, NAL Now. There's a couple others too. Yeah, but the NAL Now is in the spring, so we got time for that. But they can find those on the W2Mnet.com mm-hmm. as well. I'm just saying. Good point. Get your stuff out there, man. Speaking of getting your stuff out there, Eric, I know you got a laundry list as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Along with the kickoff, we've got football to the max. We've got soccer to the max, where I probably will guarantee me with a mailman chant at least twice throughout the future episode. I contributor on the W2Mnet Network's Top 25 poll. And that's that's one thing that I have. And for once, I can actually guarantee that by the next time we do an episode of this broadcast, the schedule is favorable enough to where you will be able to hear the point of viewer catch-up megatacular. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) That's a whole lot of tacular. Yes, it is. For good reason, too. 
there's shenanigans, there's conundrums, there's things that I can't <laughs> even mention on this show. <laughs> I can spell shenanigan. I don't think I can spell conundrum. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so doing this football podcast tonight is a nice change of pace for me because I've done three straight nights worth of wrestling shows for the W2M Network. But- Sunday... Sunday night, Jared Hawkins filled in for Patrick Ketza as we covered No Way Out 2004 in memory of Eddie Guerrero's departure date, which was the following day. Rest in peace, Eddie. Monday night, I sat in with Gary Vaughn for the for the Monday Night Raw review for the W2M Network, in addition to doing my own Raw review with Tony Acero for Yes Wrestling Radio and the Raw Reaction. Last night, Tuesday... We're recording these on Wednesdays, as you guys should be aware of by now. Hmm. Myself and Liz Puglisi did the SmackDown Live and 205 Live reviews, in addition to giving our predictions for the Survivor Series, which you can listen to this Sunday night as myself and Patrick Ketza present WU Reacts to the 2017 Survivor Series. I clearly need a night off, so I'm going to go ahead and take two. If you want some extra help for uh, Survivor Series, I, I could probably jump on. I will let you know what happens. Uh, There's a possibility that I might need you for Clash of the Champions. I'll message you once we're done with the show. Okay. Uh, before we go, real quick, do you want me to give you my uh, update? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, okay. I completely forgot. Thank you for reminding me. All right. AFC East. AFC East. I'm sticking with the Patriots. South. AFC South, I forget who I had. I think I had the Colts, which they're not. No, they're not. Yeah, there. that's not happening. I was, <laughs> I, I was in that boat with you. I, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Woohoo! <laughs> North. AFC North, the Steelers have this in the bag, pretty much. West. AFC West, I think the Chiefs will be able to hang on. Five and six. Five and six. I'm going with the Titans. And I am going with the Bills. Woohoo! AFC, or NFC East. NFC East, I'm sticking with the Eagles. I think their run continues. South. AF or NFC South. Hmm. I think I think New Orleans is going to keep their hot their hot streak going, and they're going to win it. And they're going to make teams quit like Buffalo did this past Sunday. Yep, precisely. North Minnesota is going to keep it. You're in difference with the other three of us that are the regulars on the show. Sean doesn't count. He's just the producer. You, you think the Lions are going to make it? My, myself, Eric, and Steven all picked the Lions. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. NFC West. NFC West, I'm going with Seattle. So, I, yeah, I picked Seattle as well. I, I think one of us still st- stuck with the Rams, but I don't remember who it was. That might have been Sean as well. Yes, that was me. <laughs> Listen to you being all different and stuff. Uh, five and six in the NFC. Five and six in the NFC? Hmm. A lot harder than the AFC. That's for damn yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I have to look at this for a second. Uh, I'm going to go with L.A. Uh, 
I want to say Detroit, but uh, I'm going to go with Car- with uh, Carolina. Who's your uh, Who's your college football four? My college football four are Alabama, Miami, Wisconsin, and let me pull it up real quick. Just to is anybody else waiting for him to say Central Florida? I I really <laughs> want to, but I know what happened. Um. I'm going to go with Oklahoma as my fourth. I mean, Oklahoma really wouldn't surprise me, especially if they can get revenge on, especially if they can get revenge on Iowa State in a potential Big Twelve title game. Yeah. Although odds are a, re- a match with uh, a rematch of Bedlam with OK State is much more likely. Yeah. The so NFL is accusing Jerry Jones of conduct detrimental to the league. So is he going to get suspended too? Uh oh. Probably, I think this is like, I think there's some sort of like vendetta war between him and Goodell now. Well, it has a lot to do with what happened with Arthur Blank on Sunday too. With the whole, um, Arthur Blank is in favor of renewing Goodell's contract, and Jerry Jones is like, "Whoa, pump the brakes on that." Which well, I don't disagree. Head of the compensation committee. It's also. I don't disagree. I'll be honest. I don't disagree with Jones about that. There, frankly, I think Goodell needs to go. Paul Tagliabue, he isn't. <laughs> but, so, I mean, let's see. I don't know how well Tagliabue would have been able to handle all of the issues significant, that have arised. Significantly more competently than Goodell has. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I'll agree with that. Tags. For the executive producer, Sean Garmer, our... Regular producer turned co-host Eric Watkins and my two regular co-hosts Stephen R. the Third and Brandon Biscabing. I'm Harry Broadhurst. This has been the kickoff episode twelve here on the W2M Network. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next Wednesday night. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.